Did you like that? I thought it was fantastic. Um, let's, uh, one, two, one, two. Let us think, think about that in conjunction with our subject, which is music and the assembly. So any sort of comments on that? Put a microphone so you can hold the microphone. Any comments? A musician. So, uh, where's, uh, where's John? John, would you comment on it from a musician's point of view? <laughs> um. <laughs> it sounds very good. Um. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. How did they make it sound so good? I think the um, the, the layers of uh, different instruments and the complexity is, is pleasing. And How many different instruments did they have? We can go back and look at the video. For uh, six. Six? That was a guess. <laughs> and what were they? As violin, the whistle. Um, there was a violin, yeah, which did the... The drums. <laughs> that bit. Two guitars. Two guitars with the rhythm guitar. And the bass. Uh, that, so that's Stuart Ta sorry I should have said who this is Stuart Townend playing O Church Arise we sung this this morning there's the, there's the violin player so there's a whistle yeah there's a whistle player and then this drum if you look at the way the drum is being done it's just adding a texture it's not dum 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 it's just like that and if you look, his guitar playing is absolutely fantastic. Could we have the volume for, for that? Sorry about the hum. I, I, I tried to play that. It is really difficult to play that. But he's very skillful. Uh, and so we've got the drums, what, what else do we say? We've got that guitar, we've got another guitar going on which is just going chum, 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 and there's a bass. The bass doesn't come in until later because you see him tapping, and then he comes in. And the bass, I, I couldn't particularly hear the bass on this, but what the bass guitar is, it sort of gives a foundation to the music, a sort of low foundation to the music. Um, is there anything else that was happening musically that you noticed? Um, I think uh, having so many instruments, you need you need the percussion obviously there to keep keep everybody in the same place. Yeah, although to be honest, this has got such a complex rhythm. Do do the, the guitar does a lot of the rhythm, doesn't it? Do 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 and the drummer is doing the something like that. Um, Vocal-wise, Ruth, would you like to comment vocal-wise? Because you're a fantastic vocalist. If you can comment. If I mean, I... Th I, uh, I felt like quite a few of us were singing along. So we knew, I mean, we still, even though it was a different style to what we sung this morning, yeah. it was still very familiar. The, the, the pace of it was still, you know, we could sing along. I personally enjoy having um, a, a kind of a little more freedom in those bridges where 
Um, which was the bridge? Which were the bridges? The kind of. Ah, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. That bit. Yeah. Yeah. They um, had some other vocalists there, but you couldn't see them because it wasn't just him going. Ah, no. A, yeah, so, it was a full sound, wasn't it? Mm. It was a fantastic Pleasant. sound. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Okay. Um, so, gentlemen at the back. And uh, I'd say his diction wasn't good enough for you to be able to pick it up and sing along the song. Um, well, let me quite hard. Um, a lot of songs, church-wise and otherwise, of years ago, you could walk along the street having heard it and sing it. Yes. But his, the words did not come out clear enough to be able to sing and remember what the words were, which uh, I think which is, is a pity. Which is you a, want to succeed, yeah, you need to do this. It's an excellent point, because as a solo performance, which is what it's on YouTube as for people to listen to, it's brilliant. But as a congregational song, so I said you could sing along, and some of us did, and then we got lost, and then we weren't quite sure where, where we got to. So we needed the words, didn't we, for it to, 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 as a congregational song. And although we actually sang it this morning, so you, you didn't have too, too much to remember from this morning, it wasn't that easy to pick up what he was singing and to sing along with it. So in terms of congregational singing, it, was, uh, it, it, it had that drawback. Um, in terms of congregational singing, I would say that there could be very few congregations in the UK that could put on that degree of musicianship um, in that way uh, as they did there. Um, that, that's, that was done in the studio. They probably had several takes at it. They probably had several goes until they got it exactly right. So musicianship, uh, you know, to get professional quality, violinist, whatever this is, tin whistle player, Bassist. How many keyboards were there? Was there just was there a keyboard? Um, I'm not quite sure, but, but oh, sorry about that. Um, is there a keyboard in there? What was there? That's the other guitarist. It's a Celtic feel, isn't it? Oh, there is a keyboard, but is anybody playing it? No, they've got a spare keyboard. And that cymbal crash was really nice. Just, just came in very nicely there. What, what was I going to say? Um, so I think there's a difference between a fantastic performance, which that was, and something that is usable for congregational singing. One thing you need the words, Number two, you've got to have people that can provide that accompaniment, and I think it'd be very difficult to get people that could provide that accompaniment. You'd have to, you'd have to wind it back a bit. You'd have to find another way of doing it. Another thing that uh, is worth noticing is what is technically called feel and groove. And that, uh, the feel and groove is that... 
which is what they have. It's fantastic. I think it's absolutely brilliant. This, uh, let's see if I just do, let's listen to it again. <laughs> And that, that particular song, um, the, 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 the rhythm of it is really quite complicated. We sang it this morning, and Adam did it, I think, fairly sort of a straight, Oh, church, arise, and put your armor on. Something like that, probably a bit faster. Oh, church, arise, and put your armor on. Da, da, dum, dum, da, like that. But he, d you see the feeling groove of this is different. So that's, um, you can sing the same song with a different feel and a different groove. That's what it is. And the musicians that are playing it have to know, <laughs> they all have to play it the same. So it would, that, that would be a, the thing about putting together uh, instrument or a, a, a person who would tend to do the one, two, three, four, like that, and this, which was really quite funky, wasn't it? Like that. Okay, it's a Celtic song. Um, sorry. I think that the, the fiddle, because it did the like that, it is a little bit country, isn't it? But I think the that one was a definitely a Celtic. Yeah, I think he probably, I think what he probably did, and I'm not quite sure about this, because I think it's in D, and um, let's take the transposition off. No, it isn't. It, it, I thought it was that one. But it isn't. It's an E. He was playing it in D. It wasn't that, though, was it? Was it? I thought it was a D shape. Oh well, uh, I played it in D, so I thought he played it in D. But I might have. I might. I might be playing it a bit low just to. This is all getting very technical, isn't it? But it is. But but producing music is technical. It it, it it requires technicality and expertise. And you can hear from the way I play the piano, I get some of the notes wrong, and that's not so good. It, uh, so getting it right is is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, can we have a microphone? And um, the, the music being a vehicle for congregational singing and being understated. Hmm. Um, but I, I think Stuart Townend, and I also think that type of music, I mean, it, it, I, I particularly like that type of music, but I think it's quite clever in that his style is kind of cross-generational. I think young people would enjoy it. And I think people of different generations could as well, because of the acoustic nature of it, because it's not too overbearing. 
it's rhythmic, but it isn't kind of totally, you know, it's not like walking into a nightclub. Yes, yes. That, yeah. Does that make sense? But it does, and, 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 and Stuart Townsend's stuff is quite hymn-like, hymn isn't yes, it? Yeah. In that it will take a theme and develop it sentence by sentence and then do that and continue to do that. So it's not just repeating uh, something, a, fa a fairly minimal content, it's actually more like a hymn mm. than, than, than anything else. Okay, yeah, thank you for that, thank you for that helpful comment. Let's, uh, I've got another couple of songs that we could look at in due course, but let's, uh, let's look at our, the, the things that we were discussing which are up on here. So uh, let's, let's pray again, shall we? Lord, uh, thank you for uh, Stuart Townend, thank you for his wonderful gifts of music, thank you for gifts of musicianship, Help us to think through how we can serve you and be blessed by you in these matters uh, here as we go forward. Help us to discuss uh, with good communication, uh, with good hearts, uh, with a desire to see your glory and the blessing of your church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just recap uh, this is where we started so uh, questions that arise why don't we do such and such like other churches and I think what I'm wanting to do is to say if there's a good reason why we don't do it then let's understand the, the reason and if there isn't a good reason why we don't do it then we could do it um, so that, that's, that we, that's what I'm thinking about with that question what has been said at members' meetings, so this, I did quote this from a, a document that we had, that we were, this is our aspiration, uh, that we would like some, uh, something like this, someone to ensure that song material could be accurately projected without the preacher needing to organize this, and take initiatives so that good and new appropriate Christian songs are sourced, that means find out where they come from, and learnt by the congregation. And then this sentence at the end, uh, to lead and coordinate a team of musicians. So sort of in terms of aspiration, not saying that we're going to do this tomorrow, but it's saying this is a sort of a good way to go forward. And we said that we want to go forward in unity, which is not the same as all competing to get our own way. So that, that's an important thing. I want, it's very important that we go forward together uh, and we don't... Um, say, well, this is what I want, or this is what I want. Um, we, we go forward together. I'd like us to go forward with an appreciation of the issues. So just appreciating what it, I mean, even as we've done so far, to appreciate what it is, or to begin to think, what it is that makes something sound the way it sounds and, and come across the way it comes across, what's in, involved in that. And I think all of this, we really don't want to do it just in terms of what I would like, but what does God's word say? What, the, what are the values that God's word puts on these things? Uh, what, what, what are the guidelines? What, uh, uh, yeah, how, how does the word of God see it? Okay, that's revision, and this is revision two. We looked at the way, uh, we looked at what worship was in the Old Testament, or we had a little look at that, and the way, saw the way that Old Testament worship uh, moves through Christ into New Testament, and we looked at some verses on that. 
which I think are repeated again here. And uh, what we came to was that in the New Testament, the whole of life is worship. Everything we do is worship. But there is a, a subset of worship. There is a, another uh, part of this whole is what happens here where Christians come together as church and what happens there is that smaller set of worship things that are also edifying. So what happens here is worship that is edifying. In other words, something that um, somebody else can say, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I can understand what you're doing. I can join in with what you're doing. So I've added one thing to this picture. So th these are people doing all sorts of things for the Lord, um, being a farmer, bringing up a family, a uh, lady operating a crane, um, somebody evangelizing, that's worship, to bring people into the kingdom. Uh, remember Paul said, this is my, my priestly work to bring uh, Gentiles to obedience of faith and offer them to the Lord. And here, uh, I put this on in since last time, is an individual Christian now, let's just say for the sake of argument this person is speaking in tongues because that's the, that's, the, that's the example that Paul has in 1 Corinthians. And this person is rightly worshipping the Lord and perhaps in a very heartfelt way, but the person possibly does not understand what they are saying and anybody listening to this person does not understand what they are saying. So that... Just, which is just between me and the Lord, purely vertical, like that. As Paul says, that is not appropriate within the assembly. So if we come together, the idea of me just worshipping the Lord so other people can't understand what I'm saying is not appropriate with it for the assembly. It's an interesting point, isn't it? Um, but I, that's what Paul is saying. So uh, that's what we looked at. What, uh, yeah. All life is worship. Everything in the assembly is worship and service of, of, to the Lord of one sort or another. Uh, prayer, reading, listening, one anothering. These are the things that go on. So we then said, what does the Bible say about singing? And particularly, what does the New Testament say? And we got part way through this but we didn't complete it so I threw in this possibly red herring can angels sing because I don't think the Bible does say angels sing I think it's a human thing to sing and but whether or not that's correct there is a song that only the redeemed can sing no one else could learn it so there's something a particular privilege that God's redeemed people have to be able to sing to him, uh, sing his praise that, that other creatures can't do. And if that we're Christians, that's us. Please can we follow through this list because I jumped, uh, I, I jumped a point. Can we look at James 5? These are the references to singing in the New Testament. So James 5.13 James 
Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to anoint, uh, pray over him and anoint him with oil. So it's just, it, it's just a reference there to singing, singing a right way of expressing joy. Please we go to Hebrews 2 verse 12 because I got halfway through this last time and I didn't complete the loop because Hebrews 2 12 go to verse 11 both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family so Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers he says I will declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregation I will sing your praises so who is the singer in that verse Jesus. That's a very interesting reference because in, in the Gospels there is only one reference to Jesus singing but here he takes it as a, an important strand of his argument that uh, Messiah sings the praises of God in the congregation and can you see the reference to where this comes from? Uh, Psalm 22, 22. So last time we sang Psalm 22 and, and we had a little discussion as to in what way it's appropriate for us to sing that psalm. But the quote that Jesus will sing your praises in the presence of the congregation comes from, where is it? Verse 25? Psalm 22, verse 25, is it? 22. 22. Oh, thank you. I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation, I will praise you. So, uh, uh, so actually, a very significant verse. So we have the sufferer in Psalm 22 who says my God my God why have you forsaken me but the story ends with him coming through his suffering and then going to a, a large company of people and singing and declaring the praises of God in that congregation and that's part of the, the way salvation works that uh, Messiah suffered but it, his, his uh, the end result is that he should have a great company of people to whom he sings and with whom he sings. That seems to be about the, 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 the importance of that. And Romans 15.9 does a rather similar thing. So this is Paul using Old Testament texts to talk about the quality of New Testament fellowship and the unity of the New Testament church and the development of the New Testament church. And he says in Romans 15 verse 7, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth 
to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Now the I there is Messiah again. So what is, the, what, what is Paul doing? He's saying there is a, a, a vision in the Old Testament of Messiah bringing in the Gentiles and in this great congregation singing praises to God. Anybody know where this quote comes from? Have I? Oh, well, there I have. Yeah, so, that's just, uh, it, so Psalm 18, which is we also sang last week, and I never got round to explaining why, why I've chosen to sing it. Psalm 18 is a psalm of the king. I love you, O Lord, my strength. So we, we, we fairly easily sing it as if it was our song, but it, first of all, it's Messiah's song. And he ends up saying in verse 49, Therefore I will praise you among the nations, O Lord. I will sing praises to your name. And, and Paul sees that, uh, that song of Messiah to be very significant for the plan of salvation. So what I, I, I'm, I just point those things out without going any further into them. We did jump to Colossians 3.16, uh, so we did that last time. Let's look at Ephesians Ephesians 5.19 which is what we read earlier so if we, start at, if we start at verse 17 therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs sing and make music in your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Can we just tease that out? I think it'd be worth doing this just to make sure we get the hang of this. Let's tease this out for a few minutes. So here's a picture of that verse. I've got one person there. Would we like to fill in? What else could we put in in this picture here uh, to, uh, to depict the verse? Uh, verse 19 and 20. More people. Okay. Whoops. A bit wobbly. Don't think I'd play, I don't think I'd pass a lie detector test with wobbly writing like that. Oh dear. Okay. Um, and what's what, what's happening to those people? So they're there. Yes. It says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So we need sort of one another arrows. So this person is speaking to that person, that person is speaking to that person, and vice versa. And they're singing psalms, hymns, 
and spiritual songs. Now, whether Paul meant what might come to our minds uh, with those, I think is perhaps not, not completely sure, but uh, certainly psalms, songs, spiritual songs, sing to one another. So has that completed the diagram now? So we sing to one another like that. What else does it say? Speaking to one another. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yes, okay. yes it is, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, so there's a, a sort of a content to it as well as a musicality. So I'll put some musical notes in there. So it's not it's speaking in a musical way, presumably. Could do. could be, although it does go on to say make music in your heart to the Lord so I, I think the music is probably there um, but, but yeah, I mean that, that's a valid thing isn't it to, to, to say we do yeah, quote, yeah but I think what it is saying is that it is in the nature of Christian singing that we're addressing one another so Psalm 95 which we looked at last time says Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us, what does it say? Rejoice in the God of our salvation. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. And that is one another, isn't it? It's not God do this. It is let us let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the God of our salvation. It, it's a one another thing. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. So it, it's a sideways thing. You know, I'm saying it to you, you're saying it to me, we're saying it to one another. Yeah. Looking at the tr translation here, I think the NIV, or the, the most people have got, says make music in your heart to the Lord. The new NIV translated as make music from your heart to the Lord. I don't know what the Greek means, but that would actually in a sense seem to make more sense because if you're making music in your heart, you're not necessarily doing it to anybody else. But it seems to be what he's saying is that you make music from your heart. So in other words, it's not just... You're, you're not just singing something that, you know, is a catchy tune or something, but it's something that comes from inside you, and yet it is to the Lord and to one another. Thank you. So we've got, we've got this, that it's, it's not just singing, it's from, from the heart, from its, you know, our beings. We mean it. We think this is important. You know, if it's... If it's singing about something serious, we take it seriously. If it's singing about something wonderful, we think it's wonderful. If we're singing about something intimidating, we're intimidated by it. Uh, and he says, to the Lord. So in this other main text, you've got the same thing, that there is a sideways component this way and a vertical component. Where it's to the Lord and it's also to one another. So in, in Stuart Townend's song, O Church of Christ, 
oh church arise and put your armor on it's horizontal isn't it it's just talking to one another come on guys get up put your armor on uh, it, it, so it, it, it's classic in that sense isn't it are, are we happy with that thought it's just really repeating what the Colossians 3.16 says but it's an important point because it's not just me and the Lord it is what other people can pick up you know, I learnt something I, I, I joined in we were there to, I agreed with what was said right okay so let's come to this bit so why singing and why music that's a huge subject uh, and I would say singing is a human gift singing is what in a sense we're made for because it has the added dimension of mood and emotion it's very difficult to pin this down and maybe as we discuss it you can um, put this better than I've been putting it but uh, music is affecting it affects us so we were feeling low and miserable and somebody told us about the goodness of Christ and that warmed our hearts a bit well, when they sang to us about the goodness of Christ we thought yes that's right music has the quality to affect us in a way that just speaking doesn't and music is expressive so we can be feeling Christ is great what he's done for me is brilliant so I could say it but if I could sing it then uh, that, that will, that's a way of expressing that with an added dimension. Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord. You know, you could sing it out, couldn't you? So it's expressive and music can also be intoxicating. Now, um, so when we have the musical evening, I always thoroughly enjoy it. But I find I'm singing the songs over in my head for the next couple of days. And I'm taken up with, with the music. It, it's an intoxicating... I see you're nodding. It, it is, isn't it? Music is intoxicating. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to show you an example. And you, I don't want you to be upset by it, but... Um, I, I want to show you this just to show that without, without the words music itself is intoxicating you, you, uh, so just take this I, I, that's the point I'm going to make that's all it is watch, watch this can we have the, the sound can I have a bit more volume Have I turned it? Where have I turned it? There? What have I done to it? What have I done?
But um, I mean, it's a fantastic song. I don't know what it's about. Probably I don't really want to know. But it is, it is so uh, anthemic, isn't it? Have anybody been to a Queen concert? My, my brother has. What did you, would you enjoy it? Fantastic. Were you? Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I say, music is intoxicating. Whatever he was singing about, I have no idea really, but it was something to do with champions. But the, the oomph of the music just... I mean, for me, it just carries me along. Like that bass, do do dum, da da da. Sorry, it's just me, isn't it? But I, I, <laughs> I think, oh, you know, just really. But yes, this is this is if you say the. What am I responding to, in that? What is what what is what is making me think? Whoa! Not the words, because I've got no idea what the words are about. We're the champions. Is it football? I mean, is it? I don't know, I don't really want to know. But what I'm responding to is the music, isn't it? I'm just responding to the, that, that uh, do, 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 this sort of the rhythm of it. Do, 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 and that, that little bit that will come, do, 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 comes in like that. Do, do, do. That's what I'm responding to. And this is, this is where we have to be a bit careful, isn't it? Because um, music has a huge power an intoxicating power and that's why we've got to think carefully about when we how we have that power at work in the congregation now uh, um, with Queen that's uh, so who it was in case you weren't quite sure so they've got a, a, a big drum kit uh, they've got a fantastic lead guitarist I don't really know, know very much about the bass player and then they've got Freddie Mercury up at the front doing his you know really strutting and he's got a fantastically powerful versatile voice as well had so we probably don't have those gifts so in a sense we're probably spared the the question of how we utilize such such amazing gifts but it's still a question um, so this whole matter of emotions and music so I think we need to think a little bit about the uh, emotions and human makeup. So you might say, oh, well, he's gone off the subject again. But I think it is important that we think about this. So let's look. Uh, these are references in Mark. And this is Jesus and emotions. So one mistake to make would be to say, okay, well, if that's what music is capable of, let's just be as emotionless as possible, which would be a great mistake. So in these references, we find, well, let's see what we do find. Mark chapter 3, verse 5. This is Jesus. It says, He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. Is there any emotion in those verses? Yes. Uh, the anger distress um, yep so this is Jesus isn't it so Jesus is not emotionless he is not like you know Colonel Carruthers stiff upper lip um, you know that's the sort of uh, wartime idea of uh, human 
um, human aspiration to be emotionless. Jesus is not emotionless. He gets angry. He gets distressed. 6 verse 6. Mark 6 verse 6. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Do you say that was emotional, had emotional content to it? Yeah, I think so. It's an emotion. I'm amazed. <laughs> amazed. It's not just saying, I didn't know that. It's saying, I, you know, this, this, this affects me. In a, I have an emotional response to it. 10.14. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Anybody got a different translation? He was greatly displeased. That's, a, that's a, an emotional response, isn't it? Jesus doesn't say, no, or that's wrong. He's just, oh, you know, he's, he's angry about it. He's indignant about it. And 14.26 is actually the reference to singing, I think. Is that right? 14.26. This is at the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So uh, Jesus presumably was a singer. He sang. Um, but that's not, as I've tried to show, that's not the only significant point about the singing of Jesus there's a big theological point about him singing in those other two references. But um, uh, his actual earthly singing, that's the reference there. Luke 10, 21. Luke 10, 21. Yeah, Luke 10, 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. So that's a reference to Jesus being, what emotion there? Joy, yeah, Jesus being full of joy. So we would really get the wrong end of the stick if we were to say that the way ahead is to just remove all emotion uh, we're all wired up differently so <coughs> excuse me different people different personalities express emotions differently so I think I'm probably not a particularly emotional person I don't express emotion uh, a huge amount but some of you are and some of you are a brilliant adornment to our congregation because the rest of us are feeling yeah, that's great that's great and you emotional people are showing it in your faces and perhaps waving your arms or whatever you're doing and you are expressing that in a way that perhaps some of us uh, is less natural to us so there's expression of emotion is different and feeling of emotion is different so sometimes you might feel an emotion quite deeply you might be deeply upset about something but it doesn't show very much on the outside you might be deeply pleased about something and all that comes out is a little smile on the corner of your face or whatever I'm trying to say there so we, we should we've got, we're all different in this respect uh, and it would be it would be oppressive really to say to everybody in the congregation you have got to feel this way and you have got to express it in this way um, we, we have to allow for one another to, to be different but what the Bible is saying is everything that you happen to be everything that you are 
is, is offered to the Lord. And if you're a, just a quiet person, then you offer to the Lord your quietness. And if you're a, a, an extravagant person, then you offer to God your extravagance. So um, Jesus and the emotions. Uh, and I think what we could say here is that Jesus got angry about things that people ought to get angry about. Jesus was joyful about things that God wants people to be joyful about. And of course, that's our problem, isn't it? Because we get happy about things that God says, well, that's not such a big deal. We get upset by things that God says, well, that's not just a big deal. And we fail to be joyful about the things that God says, this is brilliant. And we fail to be upset about the God, things that God says, this is awful. Do you see what I mean? So um, we, we need to teach our emotions. We need to train our emotions. We need to cultivate the emotional side of us to, to be what it ought to be. Let me say something about the heart because it, it mentioned that in the text, didn't it? Uh, and what I'm going to try and do is, is push against our current culture because we have a cultural understanding of heart which is not the same as what the Bible has. So if you'd care to look at some of these references in Proverbs, we've just sort of taken a smattering of them. Proverbs 8, 5. different in my Bible to the one I looked up so I'm going to need some help as anybody Proverbs 8 5 says in my version you who are simple gain prudence you who are foolish gain understanding has anybody got another translation ah so what does it say set your heart on 8 5 Um, you, no, I've lost it now. Um, what verse is it? Five. You who are simple gain prudence. You who are foolish set your hearts on it. On, set your hearts on. Well, it just says it, but oh. presumably the prudence. Ah, right, okay, yeah. yes. Because this the, the, the one. You've got. Set your heart on wisdom. Set your heart on wisdom. Yes. So interesting that that the the heart there is is the place where wisdom can be found or, or, or set your heart on wisdom let's try 1129 see whether this one works because i've probably won't no anybody help us with this i've got he who brings trouble on his family will inherit only win the fool will be servant to the wise Anybody got anything more helpful than that? The wise of heart. The wise of heart. Excellent. Okay, the wise of heart. So, again, in that text, a heart is a place where you have wisdom. Uh, and let's try 15.13, see whether this one will work for us. Okay, this one does... A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. So let's just say that happiness is part of what you can expect of a heart. But if you put those with the others, and there are, I've just done this very quickly, what I'm trying to say is that the heart in the Bible is not just the place of emotion. 
It is the place of emotion and wisdom and lots of things like that. So I put here, the heart is not emotions only. Now, in contemporary culture, we, we say, and even Christians say this, the opposite of the head. So they say heart knowledge and head knowledge. I think we know what people mean, but that is not a biblical way of expressing it. If you know the Lord with your heart, then that is your wisdom, your thinking, your feeling, etc., etc. So the heart is the, if you like, the inner me. So it is the place of thoughts and plans and values and motivations and desires and fears and things that I love and things that I hate. And from what goes on in there come actions. So let me lean against a couple of things. <coughs> in contemporary psychology, so we, we pick this up. What is the real me? What is the real me? And the, the wrong thing is to think, well, I've got all sorts of ideas, which I think, but the real me is what I feel. And I have to be true to the real me because the real me is my emotions. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible doesn't do this compartmentalizing head, heart, heart is the real. Head, heart, head is the thinking, heart is the feeling, the heart is the real person. You get into huge problems if you think the feeling is the real me. Well, why? Because some of the things we feel, we ought not to feel. Some of the things we feel are sinful. And we have to say, um, the Lord has changed my heart, has changed me, and those feelings, I'm not going to take any notice of those. I'm going to mortify those. I'm not going to act in accordance with those. You see, so that we, we don't have to be true to our feelings. Um, and we can also say that what I assent to in words is the real me. Well, we know that's not true either, is it? Because you can say something in words, but not live up to it, not live it out. So, I think the way the Bible goes is to say we guard our hearts, and there's a real link between what's the real me and what I actually do. So, you know, you may say you love the Lord, but what do you do? Do you do anything to show that? Uh, so if it's really you, then it, you will do it. There's a, there's a linkage there. So I um, just wanted to say that about the heart. Did that make sense? Anybody want to sort of ask for clarification or protest? Yes, I wondered about that. Um, When we think about human nature, we tend to use, we tend to mentally draw little boxes, conscience, will, heart, emotions, like this, and, and try and connect them up. Heart, mind, actions. And I think the Bible doesn't do that it just says heart and it also uses you said soul is that what you said nefesh soul 
Well, I was thinking about this. Is that just another way of saying heart? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Yes, it does use spirit, yes. Yeah, gentleman behind. Yes. Yeah, let me, let me in, interrupt you because I've got to plug my battery in in a second, uh, apparently. Um, yeah, the, the medical, medical knowledge is one thing, isn't it? We know that the brain function all, all takes place up here and digestion takes around there. And in, the ancients used to say uh, that the belly was the seat of the emotions and... The, the kidneys made decisions, and, and we, we know it's just, it's just a way of speaking. Will you allow me to? I thought I'd plug this in. Where's my where's my bag? Here it is. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Okay, let's, let, let's go on a little bit further, if we may. So what is the God way with music and emotion and meaning and spirit and the affecting and expressing and stirring? Can we look at Romans 8, 16? Romans 8, 16. So uh, this verse says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Okay, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So a little insight there into the inner workings of the Christian psychology, if you like. And he mentions two spirits mentions the human spirit and the divine spirit and he says that when it comes to the matter of calling God Abba Father which is in the previous verse our spirit testifies that we are children of God so there's something within us which says I'm a child of God I look up to God and I don't feel him to be a cruel, distant stranger, but I, I sense that he is my father. So my spirit says that. And it says the divine spirit, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit. 
So there's a sense in which I'm feeling that's, that's who God is. It's amazing. And the divine spirit says, you're absolutely right. God says that's the case as well. It isn't just that you think it, but God says that. And the human spirit and the divine spirit are uh, in accord with one another in this sense of I belong to God. Does that, does that make sense? Now, what that's... That's what we want to aim for, isn't it? That the, the, hu- the, the human capacity says, I belong to God, and the divine spirit says, that's absolutely right. So I, in, in, my thought on this is that in music, the, the human spirit can be stirred. So I'm stirred by we are the champions. Does the divine spirit concur with that? Absolutely not. I need to distinguish between those two things. I'm, it's, to be honest, it's almost a religious experience, isn't it? Go, would you agree with that, going to that Queen concert? There's something almost transcendent. Yeah. You're in an... Yeah. Um, it, it is almost... Yeah, it's almost as if we would say a spiritual experience. Uh, um, so th- I think this is, and I'm not probably expressing this very well, but this is the bit that is the important bit, that we should not confuse the stirring of the human spirit to say, oh, that's the Holy Spirit working, because it may or may not be. But what we are looking for is the human spirit to be stirred and the divine spirit concurring and saying, this is, this is absolutely right. Does that, does that make sense? And the question is, what caused the stirring of the human spirit? So we are the champions. It is simply the brilliant melody, the, um, uh, the singing that harmonic progression, that's what's stirring my human spirit. And of course, with Christian music, we have to be careful. What is it that stirred me? Well, was it that chord progression, that voice? Because I, 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 I mean, that Stuart Townend, I found that stirring and I loved the rhythm. But what we have to be careful of is that what is actually I'm responding to is the words. Isn't that right? Oh, church, arise and put your arm on. That should be what I'm responding to, and the music should help me do that. So here's, I'm so pleased, this is actually making sense. I'm quite pleased about that. Here's a, uh, a quote from Dr. Francis Schaeffer. Here it is. And he said it, I heard it on a tape, and when I heard it on a tape, he had a rather high-pitched voice, and he said, the artistic form enhances the didactic statement. <laughs> uh, and it was, it, it was in a, 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 a tape on art norms, art norms. So it was about visual arts, uh, and he was, he was talking about uh, the visual arts. So he says in the Renaissance, a, a, a painter would paint a, a housewife doing some cooking and what he wanted to say was this is 
this woman is doing this for the Lord. This is a beautiful act. Even though it's so ordinary, uh, this is worship of God. And so he would paint this in a beautiful way. So he has a statement he's making. Cooking can be done for the Lord. And he, his artistic form, the way he uses his paints, enhances that statement. It says, this can be done for the Lord. Look at the beautiful way I've done this. Look at the way the light is. Look how I've made her face shine. Look, at, look how, the, how beautiful this food is. It's just ordinary, humble food, but there's a beauty to it. And the artistic form enhances the didactic statement. Now, this to me seems to be the key to, uh, to, to music in the assembly. What we want the music to do is serve what's being said. It serves the content. So if the content is triumphant, we want the music to stir and express, what did I just say, triumphant, triumphant music. If the content is reflective, we want the music to help us to reflect. If the content is penitent, we want the music to express penitence. Do you see what I mean? And that is the musical challenge. It is a musical challenge. It's not for theologians, it's for musicians. To, to be able to express that, both in what is written and how it's performed. So I use performed. I don't mean performed so you just admire the musicianship, but you, that the music comes and enhances what's being said. Does that make sense? Because I think this is, the, this is the key to the whole thing. Because I think sometimes we can have wonderful words which are terribly let down by the music because the music just doesn't do anything for us. Sometimes we have fantastic music and you think, that's great, what on earth am I singing? <laughs> but we, what we want is those two together. And that, that seems to me to be the way... Uh, you know, whatever that looks like, uh, that, that would include songs that haven't yet been written and songs that we've never yet sung. But that's the, that's the way to go, isn't it? That, uh, that, that says something, that captures something and expresses it musically in a way that we can say, yes, that's, that enhances that, that helps us to express it, helps us to feel what, that, what that's saying. Is that fair enough? Ho-hum. Right. Have you had enough now? Probably have, haven't you? Um, shall we? Shall we listen to some more music? That's just what I was going to say. Well, would you like to uh, this one? Oh right, okay. This is this is um, this is Lou Fellingham in a new outfit. Uh, uh, Okay, well this is by, by request, this is especially for Julia. Can we have the volume, please? And can it be that I should gain This is in your book. interest in the Savior's Is that what you wanted? Died he for me who... Yeah, we are where you see. This is... So... I'll tell you what, rather than saying, rather than saying I like it or I don't like it, let's, let's look up at the word, let's find the words, and can it be? It's, I think they're pretty much the same. 
and we ask ourselves the question, does the artistic form enhance the didactic statement? That's the question. And can it, 776? I do like the traditional tune, but I'm willing to be convinced, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's ask ourselves the question, does the artistic form enhance the didactic statement? Because you can have two good tunes to something, or, or neither of them might work. So the question is, does it, does it, what, what's it supposed to be saying? It's asking a question. Can I gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for, for me who hymns his efficacy. So that's a rather reflective question. But the answer is rather exuberant, isn't it? Amazing love, how can it be that you, my God, should die for me? So let, let's listen to it, because you did ask, and that was the one, so we're going to get it. <laughs> um, so this is, a, this is a question we ought to ask. Not do I like it, do I like the tune, but does it serve the words? And the, uh, uh, um, and then we would ask the question, is it singable? So it, would it be possible for us, with our far fewer musical talents, to sing this uh, as a congregation? So that'd be another question, wouldn't it? So. His father's throne above, so free, so No, let's go back to the beginning. Let's do it properly. Right. No, no, that's the wrong tune. Right, try again. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me? For me who him to death pursued Amazing love How can it be That now my God Should die for me Amazing love How can it be That now my God Should Cheers, man. 
nice, isn't it? Nice. It's a nice tune. I would have liked it to go for it more and with, with the bits where it says amazing love. I would have liked to boom right there, but and with the bold eye approach. But yeah, Steve. Flat in the. Okay, well, uh, that's that's quite a general statement. I think we need specifics uh, we, we, rather than uh, probably not not doesn't get as much far making a, a general statement like that. I'm sure there are yeah, songs of. Yeah, there's different genres, and I, I thought we might get onto that this evening, but I think we we better we better stop, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I would argue that's not English, but I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> yes. Okay, that's an interesting thought. I think rather than pick up on that, let's let's see if it's something that we can all sing together. Would somebody like to choose something we we can all sing from the book because we've got the words and a playable tune which we'll somehow manage. Rock of Ages. <laughs> 